everybody. Happy Saturday. I am here with Dr. John Lay and I am Jesse Pyrus, RD2B. We are on another episode of Laidback Fitness. And today we are going to get into some heart health and talk about some fun facts and just some interesting goodies that we'd love to share with you guys. So, John, first off, how's your week been? Icebreaker. Hi. My week in general has been pretty good. Uh, some of the some of the workout stuff I've done has has sucked, but um, but I've I've had a good week. Why don't how about you? Why don't you tell us something good? So I'm proud of you that you're continuing. If you guys have been following us since the beginning, John has been doing some running, and he's still with it. So you know that's a plus in my book. Um, I'm good. I'm super sore today. Today was cool. I did a lot of functional fitness at the gym, so it kind of brought me back to my CrossFit days. So it was nice. Felt a little, little pumped into that. So you did, you did thrusters. So, uh, that was, so actually, more than... everybody, John taught me some, uh, kettlebell snatches today, something I've always struggled with. And it was really cool. Cause I did it for like the first time and now I know why he loves them. So good deal. Good, good stuff today. Um, okay guys, so let's really dive into heart health and John, I'm going to have you lead off and I'll just comment. Well, I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing about heart health and why it's so important is year after year, it's the number one killer of, Mm -hmm. of people in in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, there, you know, I've, I've seen a meme around, uh, it shows up here and there. I'd say a lot of people out there have seen it that, that say, that says a sedentary lifestyle will kill more people this year than smoking. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think most people, they don't, people don't think about things that way. You know, a lot of people will tell you smoking's bad. Even the people who are addicted to it, smoke two or three packs a day will tell you it's not healthy. They just haven't figured out how to get off of it yet. Right. Yeah. Um, but they also don't understand that just hanging out, uh, sitting, whether it's at the office or when they get home, uh, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix or whatever it is that they watch this time of year, it's going to be football, right? Yeah. Um, how that is doing so much damage to their bodies too. Yes. So I think one of the most important things that people need to understand about heart health is one, you've got to move. Um, and we've touched on this before in another episode that just move a little more than you are now, right? If you're, if you're not moving at all, you know, get out and walk for 10, 15 minutes. Um, and until you can do 20 minutes until you can do 30, um, I don't know that you ever even have to get to the point where you run. Um, I'll tell you this, I don't... (laughs) You couldn't convince me right now running healthy <laughs> by what I've been doing lately. I mean, that, that crap is just, oh, that's the whole other story. Um, but get out and do something. And then if you get to the point where you're, you know, you're inspired to get to the gym and, and start doing some stuff, uh, working on some strength and, and stuff like that, do that. But but start somewhere and get out and, and start to move. Um and then and clean up 
you know, clean up your diet. And that's, that's what some of this stuff is going to be about today. Um, but, you know, one of the things and I, my, I have an old man memory, so I had to, uh, I had to print some of this stuff out, but shut up, Red. Um, that, that one person dies from cardiovascular disease every 40 seconds. So since we started this thing, yeah, there's been a few people that have died from it. Absolutely. Um, Gary. And, and it starts young. One out of, uh, one out of three deaths is from cardiovascular disease. Uh, 25% of children five and older already have plaque building up in their arteries. And, you know, people wonder why, but look at some of the kids out there, right? I, I mean, you know, you've, you've studied nutrition. Um, oh my goodness. I've seen it. In, I've seen it in practice. I mean, how many kids out there are, they're sedentary, they're overweight. Um, all they do is drink Cokes and, and eat little Debbie snack cakes and potato chips and stuff like that, because, you know, either their parents are working and not around. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my, I've got people in my family that, you know, that's just what they like. They don't like anything else. Well, that's because that's, they're addicted to that sugar and that's, you know, because they've been allowed to have it. You know, those are going to be some things that, that need to change with that person or you're setting them up for heart issues, type 2 diabetes, all these things coming up and they're, you know, they're five years old, six years old, something like that already. So um, I'm going to comment on a couple things that you said. Please. I love this. This says, you know, the more lifestyle areas that are addressed in someone's life, whether they're a child or an adult or even elderly, the the more chances of diseases are decreased. So going back to children, since 2020, since COVID and everything's been shut down and all the good stuff, there has been a 27% increase of childhood obesity. Okay. Um, and since then, it's it's now almost more like a lifestyle. The kids got used to being home, doing school online, not going out and on the playground, you know, whatever. So I feel like with heart disease, I wish we were taught this when we were younger. And and some of us maybe were. Again, it comes with demographics and that's a whole nother subject. But like, I feel like we're taught when we're younger, how, like what happens if you have heart disease? What happens if you have diabetes? What happens if you have hypertension, high cholesterol, whatever? Like, why aren't we teaching young kids and young adults prevention? Like, I think like prevention starting younger and voices like me and you to, to just implement ways to not even get to heart disease or diabetes or whatever. Like, and I feel like people go to the doctor when things are bad. Like, why aren't there other do- and there is doctors like, you know, yourself and, you know, dietitians, you know, like me soon, like that are like, let's get this and nip this in the butt before it even starts. And I think that is, is what's happening in the world is just a lot of people are lazy and a lot of people don't know. 
they don't know that heart disease starts when you're, when you're young, like you said, they don't know that six sodas a day, you may not see any effect after a year, two years, three years, but it's going to get you down the line. And like you said, sugar is addicting. It is like crack. It's addicting. It, there have been studies that have said sugar is just as addictive as drugs because it is your body craves it. And then when you pull away from it, it's like you try, your body tries to detox it, but then you're just going to go and get another Coke or whatever. So I think like you said, just with heart disease, it is just, it's the number one killer. And it really is all about lifestyle modification, proper way of eating, moving. And I love what you said about like, just move more. I think when, when people, you know, think about working out, a lot of people get scared. A lot of people don't know, you know, they think they have to join a gym and we've said this before on other podcasts, but the the outside is free. The outside is free. You get some nice vitamin D, you get some nice sunshine, you know, even walking your dog more instead of letting them out in the backyard. Let's go walk around the, the block. Like that's huge for people. So I think heart disease is just, it's become, I know it's definitely, you know, up, up and up in the, you know, the disease markers, but I think even now more than ever, it's just, it's rising and we're seeing it happen in younger people. And it's so sad. It gives me like the chills of how, you know, just what an epidemic it is, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, even another stat for young people out there is uh, 60% of 15 to 19 year olds are starting to develop plaque in their coronary artery, wow. which is supplying their heart. Yes. Um, yes. You know, so like you said, there's, it is showing up earlier and earlier with people yep. more and more. Um, it is because a, I think if there's a lack of, a lack of fitness in with a lot of people who are, who are young. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in with poor nutrition, uh, poor diet habits at home, yeah. um, or at school or, yeah. or wherever. But, um, it's, you know, it's something that, that, that needs to change early. But, you know, let's say that you're one of those, you were one of those 15 to 19 year olds, but now you're 30, 35, 40. You know, yeah, it's not too, you know, you've had that for a long time and probably done some damage in there, but it's not too late to start yeah, the change. Correct. Um, I agree with that. It's never too late and honest, honest. You know, and and there are, um, there can, there are genetic factors. Oh, yeah. With a lot of this. Oh, yeah. Right. Definitely. But I, definitely. I think a lot of those can be changed. Um, there's a, there's a doctor I know, um, honestly, I'd, I'd like to have him on, on one of our podcasts sometime. And his family, every male in his family, I, I'm, when we get him on, he'll, he'll tell it, but I think somewhere by in their forties had had a heart attack. Um, and, and possibly fatal. I think his dad died when he was in his forties. Um, and you know, Ben was very young at Mm -hmm. that point and, you know, he could have just given up 
and yep. kind of had, hey, this is my genetics. This is probably what I should expect. But um, he he's not that kind of guy, right? He's <clears throat> somebody who's, I've got kids now. My kids aren't going to go through what I went through. I want to make sure that I'm around for them. I love it. Um, and he is extremely healthy, eats extremely well, um, exercises, and he's he's my age now, so he's he's 55. Um, you know, he's he's got a couple of kids. One one kid maybe graduated college, one kid in college, and another son that that's coming up. Um, you know, and there's no signs of of him having any issues like that. And he's obviously raising his kids like that too. So hopefully they'll make better decisions as they grow up. But you you can turn around that that genetic trend yes. in your in your family. Yes. If you decide that you're going to do it and you don't just give into it. Yeah. Um, I love that. No, that's cool. You know, ever since not to toot my own horn, but ever since I went to school to become a dietitian, it's, it's changed my family's life too, for sure. Um, you know, in such a positive way. And it, it's so crazy because a lot of it, they just didn't know. They just didn't know, you know, like getting into cholesterol. Like my grandma was always said like, yeah, you have high cholesterol here's some pills, you know, or whatever. She didn't know that cholesterol, you know, people are like, oh, cholesterol is bad. And we have that here. It's really not, we need cholesterol. Cholesterol is so needed, not just at the maximum numbers that most people have, you know, cholesterol, Mm -hmm. especially what I was, you know, taught in school, we need it for our hormones. It's so important um, for our tissues, our mood, energy, uh, memory, you know, and all that can get into more. But um, I don't know. And it's it's crazy because the stigma is like, I just wish we were taught younger. Like, why, why collect like something as simple as cholesterol? Like, I wish people knew like at a at a younger age, not maybe like teens, but I don't know, maybe in high school. Like, what is cholesterol? Like, you know, like numbers and values like we have here, you know, like what are our, our, so when they get older and they start to get blood work, they can like see, wow, maybe I'm, I'm really great. This is awesome. And I don't know. I just feel like it's so much education that I wish we knew at a younger age. I mean, do you feel that same way with something like even as simple as cholesterol numbers? (laughs) I, I, I think yes, you know, but. So you're quite a bit younger than me, um, and this a lot of these things were known for you at a fairly young age. Um, when I was growing up, that information wasn't necessarily out there. Okay. About uh, really what you know HDL, LDL cholesterols, and things like that. At least to the general public, like you can. You could talk to more people on the street now and they would at least know there's an HDL, HDL and the LDL cholesterol. They may not really know which is the good cholesterol and which is the bad cholesterol and, and all that kind of stuff, but they would have heard of it. I don't, I don't think when I was growing up that that many people would have heard of those things because yeah. that information wasn't as available. Okay. Um, you know, we didn't have my kids 
just marvel at the fact that we didn't have computers, right? I, you know, if if we wanted to do research, we went to the library and found a microfish, and we had to search through all the newspaper articles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and nowadays you can just find something. You know, you carry it. You carry the the world around in your pocket all day long. I know. I know. Um, so some of that, yes, I wish we knew it at a younger age, but some of it now is just information so more readily r- ready. People should know it at yeah. this point um, or should be able to research it if, if they care to. Now, again, we get back to lifestyle choices, I think, with a lot of people, and they just want to ignore it mm-hmm. um, and do what they want and you know, consequences be damned and, and we'll deal yeah. with that later down the road. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, you know, and I, some of that can be brought, can be brought back to, uh, pharmaceutical companies. You know, we've got a, we've got a drug for everything, right. Oh, um, yep. you know, you don't hear a lot about it in mainstream media Mm-mm. about ways to prevent things like that. Um, you know, we, we found that going through Rona that, um, nobody talked about different ways to stay, actually stay healthy going through that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, and this is like, just for me too, to learn, cause I learned so much from you. Tell me about like cholesterol medication. Like, tell me why you think it isn't it it leaves the problem unsolved like you know like when most people go you have high cholesterol here's some medicine what why do you think that is more of the i guess prescription versus someone a doctor or whatever saying let's try some lifestyle change tell me why cholesterol medicine is not good well I don't know. So every every drug that you put in your body has some sort of an effect. Okay. Right. Um, and I I typically try not to use side effect because I think it's it's just an effect. You know, okay. one effect may be that it lowers um, your cholesterol, but there are other effects that it's that that are happening along the way. Okay. Uh, that don't get measured. So some of the things with cholesterol medication is um they can cause it can cause liver damage it can contribute to neuropathy um it can contribute to say joint pain uh ligament rupture even um muscle atrophy or or wasting away Mm -hmm. and um and eventually heart failure now your heart is a muscle is a muscle yep if your if your muscles are wasting you know, it's not just going to waste your biceps. It's going to waste yeah. all your muscles, right. which is, which includes your heart. Right. So, um, and you think about a lot of those things. So neuropathy, how many people out there develop neuropathy at, at a, you know, midlife to later in life. Um, but they're on a cholesterol medication. They don't put those two together. Nope. They don't. Um, joint pain, right. I got, I got, arthritis that's just arthritis and that's probably what their medical doctor is going to tell them too yes he's not going to say this this could be an effect from 
the the Lipitor we've got you on. Uh, we just need to give you some arthritis medication too. Yeah. So, so now you're compounding all those different things. More medication. Um, yeah. And, you know, muscle wasting. As people get older, they get weaker. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they can just start to think, well, this is just part of me getting older. But maybe it's not. Um, so those are just some of the things that, that I dislike about uh, – trying to take care of anything with med medication right off the bat, but certainly with cholesterol and, and these, these things. So the, you know, what cholesterol medication, we're talking about statins. So statins, that's funny. You say, I know you, you didn't say side effects. What did you say? You don't like to use. I just said, I just said effects. Effects. I like that. So my grandmother, 76 years old, high cholesterol doctor put her on statins. Okay. And she was on statins for a week and four days and she could not get out of bed. I mean, like, I mean, just swollen and just, I've never seen my grandma like that before. She is a very healthy 76 year old woman, but the doctor is, is Mima. Is that right? Mima. Mima. She's my Mima. She's she's like my mother. She raised me. She's everything to me. So I'm like, what is going on? She was swollen. She was like, it was a bad thing. So we went back to the doctor and he's like, okay, what did he do? We tried another statin. Same issue, John. Like literally, John, a week she was swollen. I, I had to literally lift her out of bed. This is a woman that some days is better than me. We change doctors because he's like, oh, you, you probably have rheumatoid arthritis. Like you're going to need to go see blah, 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 blah. So we changed the doc her primary care doctor, found a phenomenal guy, uh, doctor. And literally he was like, absolutely not. You are not touching statins. So he took her off of statins and went more of the holistic route, which was awesome. And there's Good. a compound. Um, it's it, it's a herb per se. It's it's red rice yeast, which is awesome. Okay. And he's like, look, we're you're gonna do this. It's three pills a day for two weeks, and then we're gonna go get blood work, and you're we're gonna see your levels. I'm not even kidding you. In three days, she was up. She was moving. She did not have the pain, the inflammation that she you know, was on from the statins and she's been on red rice yeast ever since and hasn't even touched it. That's awesome. It you was, said red, red rice yeast. Yeah. Red rice yeast. It's, it's amazing. So I never heard about it until her doctor recommended it. And then I, of course, being a nerd did my research and it's a holistic traditional Chinese medicine that they used back then. And it's like you ferment a certain type of yeast and it's it's poured over red rice and then the rice that specific rice with the yeast mixture has been shown to lower cholesterol levels improve improve blood flow and even aid in digestion which was funny because my grandma she actually threw up a couple times unfortunately when she was on the statins um and it's it's literally been a lifesaver. And the doctor that she goes to now, he starts all his patients on red rice yeast, which is yeah. awesome. So 
Um, like you said, just with cholesterol, you know, circling back around to that cholesterol is good. We need cholesterol in our body. I mean, it's not bad, but just at the levels that the people are, are at. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Crazy. It's, you know, it's probably the biggest, you know, the bigger issue than, than say cholesterol is going to be triglycerides. Okay. Um, with a lot of that, but you know, some other things memory loss and depression yeah. um, can be other effects of, of being on the statins, mm-hmm. um, you know, those kinds of things too. So when you, that's the depression is what popped into my head when you first said that she couldn't get out of bed. Cause I was, you know, I was thinking that, but I hate that she was swollen. It's funny how they get married to these things. This is, this is not a cholesterol example, but I had a patient several years ago who uh, fibromyalgia, and yep. uh, so they put her on Lyrica. Yep. Go to. And she had an allergic reaction to the Lyrica. And she went back to back to her medical doctor and her medical doctor actually said, you know, he figured out, hey, you had a, an allergic reaction to your Lyrica. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. A lot of them don't say that. What did he tell her to do? Quit taking it for a week. And then start back. And so oh, that she ended up coming to our, she ended up coming to our office after that. But, um, and I, I think a lot of them don't, and I don't want to speak bad about the medical doctors. I just think a lot of them get to the point where they had so many patients and they got so much information thrown at them. They don't know any difference. No, they don't. Um, they don't. You know, um, I've talked to medical doctors before about patients that they have that have chronic headaches, and they don't know what to do with them no. other than put them on on meds to to try to knock those headaches out. Exactly. So when it comes to stuff like this, I think you know this other doc, the first doc that you guys are seeing, he may not have not, probably had no idea about the red red rice yeast, right? Um, so all he knows is, is drugs because that's all he's been educated in. Correct. Um, so that's, so that's where he's going to go. So I think it's really important to find, uh, find you a doc that, that goes more natural with some things before they jump into something that's, that's gotta be medic medical or, or pharmaceutical, we'll say. Can you tell me, you know, in relation to statins, um, it's funny. There's a commercial out about CoQ10. (laughs) Take CoQ10, you know, it's going to whatever. It's going to be good for you. Okay. So in regards to statins, tell me a little bit about, so from my point of view, CoQ10 is in relation to helping convert food to energy. CoQ10 is like, we love CoQ10 <laughs> in our body. Um, so I know from my schooling, it's inhibited. So no more when you are now taking statins. So right. from my point of view, the muscles can't get all the energy that they need. And then, right. there you go, like you said, it causes weakness, fatigue, malaise. Da, 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 da. So tell me about the importance of CoQ10 from your perspective. Well, I think you, you, you pretty much hit it all in there. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, 
acts as an antioxidant um, in our body, which is needed to transfer that energy um, that is found in our cells. Mm-hmm. And, and it gets inha- inhibited by those statin drugs and can lead to strokes, can lead to heart attacks, um, you know, part, partly because of the muscle wasting. It's, it's not there to be able to help develop those muscles and keep them sh- strong and healthy. Um, the Wow. Crazy. So I would. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, our brain, 60% of our brain is made up of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, if somewhere down the road, they're going to probably find links to statin drugs and Alzheimer's disease. Okay. Um, I would think because if you put somebody on statins really early um, and they take them for a long time, they, let's say they get all their cholesterol numbers down, but, you know, again, brain tissue is made up of, you know, 6% of that is, is cholesterol. Yeah. You decrease that, you're going to decrease um, the effectiveness of the brain, and then you're going to start having that memory loss and, and so on and so forth. So I just, I don't want to sound like I, like I think there's never a, a time for drug intervention. Correct. Right. Um but I don't think it should be the first option unless it's an emergency issue. I love that, John. You know, I'm not a medical doctor. I cannot diagnose, but I agree with you wholeheartedly that there might be a time and place when a patient might need to be on some sort of medication. Um, and right now we're talking about statins, but it shouldn't be the first like you said, um, the first diagnosis, you know, yeah. the doctor, the dietitian, whatever, let's look at their, you know, their lifestyle. Let's look at maybe like, you know, my grandma's new doctor, you know, some holistic medication, you know, functional, some things that are just a little bit different than just prescribing a patient some statins. And then, you know, maybe, or maybe they're on statins for a little while. I've seen that too. I've heard that too, where patients are on statins, but then the doctor works with, and the dietitian works on lifestyle modifications and they're only on it for a short period of time. So I've kind of seen both ends, but I agree with you that I don't think it should be the first, uh, the first diagnosis for sure. And if you, if you've got to be on them, mm-hmm. then let's don't just think that the statin is going to do all your work, right? Correct. Sup- yes. Find you a good CoQ10. Yes. Um, and supplement with it. It's probably not going to be one that you see advertised on TV. Correct. Um, Definitely the, not. And I'm, I'm a little biased by that, but I, you know, I think most things that are advertised on TV, prob- on TV probably aren't the best absorbed, mm-hmm. um, best utilized. And then, um, and change your lifestyle. Yeah. Change what you eat. Again, get out and move. Yep. those kinds of things. So the next time you go get a checkup, hey, yes, my my cholesterol is down, but all these other health factors are showing up and better too. Yeah. So, and if you've got a good dog, they'll start to wean you off some of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my question, my next couple, you know, getting into continuing with what we were speaking about and kind of moving on into 
heart safety. So I know personally working with you with my gut, um, you have helped me with some food allergy testing. Um, you've helped my fiance and just testing in general. So let's talk about some testing with heart health. I, I don't even think people, I think people just normally say, you know, let me go get my blood drawn and look at all the numbers, but um, like, give me some education or give me some, you know, some markers for inflammation that you can test. Yeah. So, so a big thing with, with heart disease is going to be inflammation. Um, and you know, so what typically what's tested is going to be, um, CRP. Um, and so if, if your CRP levels are high, then you've got, you know, you've got inflammation in your body. And again, I think we, we mentioned this on another, on a previous episode that, you know, we're not talking about you've twisted your ankle kind of inflammation. We're talking about just the overall body. You're in an inflamed state, which means you're more apt to, to get some sort of disease state okay. in your body. Okay. Um, so the CRP markers are high. Uh, CRP stands for C-reactive protein. Yep. Um, so if, if that is high, we need to get that down. You want to check your omega-3 levels. Um, you need to check your vitamin D. We talked about that before. Yes. Um, and your homocysteine should be, should be checked. So, again, you want to look at your cholesterol, your triglyceride levels for sure, yep. HDL, LDL. And that's really a, a ratio that you, right. want to, that you want to look at there. Um, DNA can be checked. Cool. Um, again, See if there's some sort of genetic marker there. Um, if there is, then let's we got to be more strict Correct. about about checking some of these things. And then and then the food allergy test, like uh, right. like you just mentioned. Yep. Um, and it's it's not again. You know, some people say, "Well, I'm I'm allergic to," let's say you got a nut allergy, right? And it's very severe. Severe. You eat them, your tongue swells up anaphylactic yeah you, you get all, right you're going oh. in all the all that Oof. not talking about that it's more of a sensitivity correct to 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 some foods yes. and what that means is that these foods can lead to inflammation in your body they could be perfectly healthy foods for somebody else but yes the guy i mentioned earlier he loves avocados he's got a sensitivity to avocados um you know, he, I love eggs. Now he told me one time, he said 90% of the people he's ever checked have a sensitivity to eggs. I've heard that and, too from you. Yeah. Well, so I was, a, I almost didn't have that tested because I didn't want to know that I was sensitive <laughs> to eggs. Um, Let me just not know. Thank, <laughs> yeah. Thankfully I'm not, you know, thankfully for me, the things I'm sensitive in are things I don't eat anyway. Yeah. Like it's, Cottage cheese. I mean, who wants to eat curdled milk? Um, I love cottage cheese. <laughs> the awful. It's a, it's a peaches um, top. Um, I love how you but, said that, though, food allergies to evaluate the gut and cause inflammation. Like this, I know we're speaking about the gut, but like you said, this is inflammation. It's not just, ow, I hurt my elbow. It's just inflammation of the entire body. And I, I'm like all in my, my, my goodies because I'm, I I love how food can 
is related back to heart disease, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or issues. Like you said, um, I'm sensitive to oatmeal. I love oatmeal. Oh, I I forgot. There is one thing that I am sensitive to that I do eat and that is oats. Yes, me too. And it, it sucks because I love it, but that can even, now you have inflammation, you know, in relation to heart disease, but now you're eating these foods that causes more inflammation and it's just a full circle. So I love how you said that. Um, this is awesome. You know, I love how we can, you can test all these levels in relation for, for heart disease. That's awesome. Yeah. And if, if you've got it, you know, and, and whoever does, does the testing for you can usually probably then set you up on a protocol. Yeah. Um, to help raise these levels, lower these levels, yeah. you know, whatever the case needs, needs to happen. Um, I saw a note down here. Um, and I think this, this was something that you told me was that 41% of, of adults with dementia are attributed to hypertension, obesity, and, and low physical activity. Right. Thing. Yes. And going back to food sensitivity, there there are probably people that will, that will watch this that or listen to it that are trying to lose weight. Yeah. You know, I'm getting out. I'm moving. I'm getting out. I'm I'm cutting my calories. I'm I'm doing the things that I think are I should do, but maybe you are sensitive to yeah. some things. Yeah. You know, I've got a. I've got a friend whose wife developed a sensitivity to kale wow. um, and some other vegetables. And I don't know what, you know, well, I've got a, I've got a theory on why some of that happens, but, um, but it wasn't for, it took them a while to figure that out. So she essentially has dropped. There are very few vegetables that, that she eats right now. Wow. Um, just trying to, yeah. to cleanse herself of that. So, but, so if you're eating things that you're sensitive to and it's keeping you inflamed, you're not going to drop weight like no, you think not. that you should. Right. It's going to affect your hormones, right? It's going to affect all that. Um, And then I know we're both big fans of, you know, vitamin D and how important it is and how many people, you know, lack it in general. And when vitamin D levels are at their highest, the risk of disease is at the lowest. Love that. I'm going to use that as much as I can, Um, which, which is awesome. So how do you test for vitamin D? Is that, what is that? It's, it's just a, it's just a blood test. So, you know, you know, if you go to, um, if your medical doctor is testing you for it, they're probably going to do a venous draw. Okay. So they're going to go in with a puncture and they're going to pull out a vial. And then they're going to test for vitamin D and, and probably several other things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the testing that we use is what's called a dried blood test. Yep. Um, you know, so you've seen it. You get a little card. It's going to have circles on it. You poke a little hole in your finger, which I know is your favorite thing in the world to do. I hate it. Um, and then you just, you just drip blood in those circles. And then we send it to the lab the lab test and sends it back. Uh, very simple uh, thing that can be done. Uh, you can do it in, in your own house. Yes. Um, and then you just, you get the results. 
I love, um, I love the one. So I recently, speaking of vitamin D, I know we're talking in relation to heart health, but it's important. My fiance and I have been supplementing with, um, Vitellio's vitamin D and it's a, it's a chewable. It's, I, I'm not even kidding. Like I've noticed a difference in two weeks. Cool. Seriously. It's awesome. So now, you know, and me just being a nerd, whatever, I'm like, yay, you know, this is helping my heart health, but you know, it doesn't, I know this sounds crazy, but I kind of like that it was a chewable, you know, it makes me excited to take my vitamin D, you know, it's like the Flintstones, uh, uh, multivitamin anyway, <laughs> that I have my, my, my wife, uh, you know, cause it's chocolate flavored, right? Yes, so, love it. <laughs> um, you know, Michelle said it's like her dessert. It is. When, when she takes it, so. Delicious. Billy's like, can I just have the whole bottle? And I'm like, let's not go there anyway. <laughs> um all right moving on to kind of wrap up this series we're going to do another video continuing this but john where are we at let's see test and handle homocysteine i remember that in school homocysteine levels so yeah. get your bees what is what's all that manage your omegas food allergy testing we talked about that when is an almond or an avocado bad <laughs> When you're sensitive to it, right? <laughs> to it. That's so true. Um, foods that are in your body are developed in immune response. Speaking of allergy and sensitivity, just to touch base on that. So many people say you're like, you're correct. I'm allergic to eggs. Okay. Let, I think people just aren't familiar with the difference between allergy and sensitivity. Like you yeah. said, um, allergy, we're talking serious which mo it's a lot of you know people know like peanut and, and fish allergy those, those are like the most common like yeah. we're talking I, which i've seen people unfortunately it's this very scary sight go into a seizure their tongue swelling they're red they are foaming at the mouth it's very scary and it's very real that is an allergy that is a very serious allergy and sensitivity like you said it's just, it's inflammation that the gut just is not happy. And then that causes more inflammation in relation to heart health. And I just wanted to kind of clear that up for most people. Cause I get that question a lot. Well, I'm allergic. Well, I'm sensitive. Well, you know, just totally different. So yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to maximize magnesium. Ooh, that's a good one too. And you just recently talked about that. I've recently started supplementing with that too. Um, talk to me about how magnesium plays a substantial role in reducing inflammation. Wow. That's I honestly, I, we, we didn't really touch base on magnesium. Um, so I'd like to learn from you. Well, um, so there are well over 3000, uh, magnesium binding sites. Okay. Um, and, and about 500 enzymes in your body that rely on, on magnesium. Okay. So when you have low levels of magnesium, that gets associated again with cardiovascular disease and, and cardiovascular deaths because those enzymes can't function the way that they're supposed to function. Okay. All so right. It, um, basically... It's basically needed for functional purposes, per se. Yeah, and your and your body wants to keep 
magnesium and calcium in a balance. Okay. So if magnesium is low, your calcium is going to be low. Okay. Okay. And, and so magnesium high, calcium comes up high. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So it, when you have magnesium issues when you or a lack of magnesium, um, it's more than, than just the effect that that has on the enzymes in your body. It's also the effect it's going to have on your calcium levels, um, which is going to have an effect on your bones, um, yeah. those kinds of things too. So. so I feel like the common denominator here is, you know, when vitamin D levels are high, disease, you know, is at its lowest. When magnesium and calcium are high, again, we're, we're trying to, to decrease disease. I feel like all of this is in relation to just getting tested. Like yeah. you said, like, this is a great way, like, like we spoke about, instead of maybe putting a patient on statins, let's see where their levels are first and then come up with a game plan in relation to heart disease. Right. Yeah. I yeah. So, so simple, you know, a couple ways that a person can, can act on this is one, like we mentioned at the start of this thing is like, let's just start to get out and move. Yep. Um, you know, let's eat some more vegetables and, um, and some less, less carbs, less processed carbs. Yeah. Um, and let's, let's try to do it that way. Right. Yes. If, um, you want to get more specific about it, mm -hmm. uh, because there are issues in your family with mm -hmm. it, or, you know, that you're high risk if to have high cholesterol, you know, you can, You've got a mirror, you know how you eat, uh, yeah. you know, your lack of activity. Yep. And, um, and so, you know, I've probably got an issue developing, mm -hmm. then, then I would get tested. And then that way you can get more specific about exactly what needs to be done. Um, again, I, I keep referencing back to other, other podcasts that we've done, but we talk about before about your food, your food is the main thing. Right. It, it's the tile on your floor. Yeah. And then the supplementation is the grout around it. And so we got to start with the food. Yeah. Either way, whether you get tested or not tested, you've got to start with the food and what you put in your body. Um, you're going to need to get out and move. And then if you're tested, we can supplement on here. If you're not tested, we can raise your vitamin. You can you can take a vitamin D supplement. Mm -hmm. You just don't know exactly if you need to bump that up or not or not. Yeah. If you're not tested. So. I, I agree. I agree. And, and ending, you know, today's, today's series. I mean, I really, it, it's heart disease is just how long have we been on here? And like we said, every 40 seconds, someone passes away. I mean, that's just, it just, it blows my mind. And like we said, um, with, 
the, the supplementation, you know, I think it's so important to start with your food. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next podcast is just getting, you know, talking about the specific foods and anti-inflammatory foods and so on and so forth. So this is a great podcast. I loved it. I, I think this is so relevant to so many different people, kids, teenagers, adults, elderly. And like you said, John, it's never too late to start. It's yep. never too late to start. So with that being said, any, any final, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I guess, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to this hit like, right. Yeah. Um, isn't, isn't that what you're supposed to do? On hit like, hold on, uh, hit like, and subscribe. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, but if, if you don't like it, hit like anyway, I yeah. mean, you know, be positive. Yeah. Be positive. Still hit like and subscribe. <laughs> All yeah. right, guys. See you in our next one. Bye.